Reginald White, and welcome to Fellowshipping Through the Word, where we rightly divide the word of truth. Today we're going to continue our study from last week's message, Foundational Faith, Part 2, and today will be Foundational Faith, Part 3. And we're going to pick it up from where we left off in Isaiah chapter 54. And we're going to start with verse 7 through 10. Just to see how God feels about us now that we are under the new covenant. And it says, For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on you, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. And if you notice where he says for a little moment, for a small moment, because to God a thousand years is of a day and a day of a thousand years. And he's referring back to the covenant of the commandments. And verse 9 says, For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be mad with thee, nor rebuke thee. Did you get that? God has decided that he will never ever be mad at us again or rebuke us again. Now this may be new to some or never heard of by others, but God has chosen not to be mad at us anymore. And he used the comparison of the flood that he swore to Noah that water would never cover the earth again. That's how serious he is. So the question comes that's in the scriptures also in Hebrews chapter 12 that God chastens those whom he loves. Amen? And I knew you were about to ask me that question. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6. And it says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chastens, and scorneth every son whom he receives. I know we all have heard that before. Alright, so we want to go deeper into the word. We're going to go to, he, he said again, that he chastens whom he loved. So let's go to Second Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, because we're going to see how God chastens those whom he loves, not by trials and tribulations, not by teaching us a lesson, not by allowing us to get sick or putting sickness on us, not by attacking our finances, not by any of those things. That's not how God teaches us. That's not how he teaches us. 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Did you get that? This is how God corrects us. He corrects us through the scriptures. Not by tribulation, not by hard times, not by sickness. Let's read that again. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. See, that's how God does it right there. The word of God is good for reproof and for correction, for instruction. This is how God teaches us through his word, not through hard times. In righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And the word perfectly means simply means mature, mature in the word. So the word of God matures us. The word of God corrects us. The word of God reproves us. The word of God instructs us. And the word of God sends correction. See, God is loving us. He's teaching us through love. As he says in Jeremiah, Whatever loving kindness have I drawn you. And as we read earlier in Isaiah, that he's dealing with us with everlasting love. Are you still there? Now, so since we have proven God is not out to hurt us, that he wish above all that we prosper and be in health. Yes, I'm using the same scripture again. Even as our soul prospers. Faith, I'm moving on. Faith doesn't move God. I know I'm saying things that are not said every day, not heard every day, but faith doesn't move on again. Faith doesn't move God. Faith only ushers us into what God has made available to us by faith through Jesus Christ. See, there are certain things that have been made available to us because of our inheritance through Jesus Christ. There are certain gifts that he left for us. There's an inheritance that he has left for us. Let us go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Because we want to validate everything we're saying through the word. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, with all spiritual blessings 
in heavenly places in Christ. So he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So whoever doesn't choose you, whoever doesn't like you, whoever puts you down, it doesn't matter. Don't put God's opinion of you above their opinion. I'll say it again. Put God's opinion of you above their opinion. Any negative word. I have to read that again. According as he has chosen us in him. You are chosen in God before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So we are chosen of God. God chose you and God chose me. And he loves us with an everlasting love. And we need to know this because the word says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that does not change God's love for us. For God's love for us is unconditional. And anything he asks us not to do, it's only because it can hurt us, as any good parent would do. That's the only reason he asks us not to do certain things, because he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. Now, I have shifted, and I have gone to how God sees us and how God loves us. I have shifted. We have laid the foundation of faith, and now we need to know how God sees us. So he says, even in Psalms 27 and verse 10, he said, if thy mother and thy father forsake you, then I will receive you. I will put my word in you. I will put my glory in you. And so we have to know that God's love can pull us through any situation, can pull us over any situation. The scripture says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. So any negative situation, God can bring good out of it. He didn't say the situation was good, but he can bring good out of it. And God has chosen you for such a time as this to do the work of the ministry, whomever you are. Yes, you, God has chosen you, no matter what your background is, no matter what your front ground is, no matter what, God has chosen you to, to do a work in the body of Christ, no matter who you are. And he usually uses the gift that is inside of you. And as we read earlier, that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. See, only God can give life. The devil cannot give life. So only God can give life. No matter how you came into the earth, God gave life. Now, if you go with me to Jeremiah chapter 1, because we have to really nail this thing down so that we can see God's love for us. And that we know that no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. We need to know that. Jeremiah chapter 1. This blessed me, and this will bless anyone who is at some time may have had low self-esteem or, or didn't feel good about themselves. That was me. And the word of God would just give you such confidence. And that's why we have to get it in our hearts. And that's why I'm reading the scripture 
that hopefully you're writing it down so that it can strengthen you too. And we're going to see again in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he said, Before I form you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now, that's anybody that is here listening right now. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Now, that's each and every one of us has a calling on your life. It may not be a prophet. You may be a teacher. You may be a usher. You may be a deacon. You may be a minister. You may work on the sound room. You may be a singer. But God has ordained you to work in the body of Christ. And we need to know that he said, Before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. So if you are born again, if you are saved, God calls you sanctified. And I ordain you to be a prophet unto the nations. But see, Jeremiah said the same thing I said. He said, then said I, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for I shall go to all, you shall go to all that I send you, and whatsoever I command you, that shall you speak. So you need to know whomever you are, you are called of God to work in the body of Christ, to do a work for the Lord. And God has sanctified you and ordained you. And so you get under good teaching, people who are rightly dividing the word of truth, not talking about commandments, not saying that God is putting trouble on you because God has moved away from that. That was the Old Testament mindset. And now because of what Jesus Christ has done, God is no longer punishing his people. He's no longer punishing his children, but he wished that you have life and life more abundantly. Abundant life is God's will for our life. And so we have to move on to what Christ has done for us. And one last scripture in Psalms chapter 89 verse 34 says, God says, my covenant will I not break nor alter the words that has gone out of my mouth. So God wants us to be blessed. Believe it, receive it, walk in it, no matter how it looks, stay with it. Don't quit. He said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. We are now out of time. We thank you for yours. I hope the word has been a blessing unto you and that you receive it, put it in your heart, that you may receive the fruit of it. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm.